I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of the BTSC flagship podcast. The standard is the standard. It's an early edition. We were trying to do this during halftime of the U.S. Women's National Team World Cup game. I feel like we spilled over into the second half. I really don't care, but my co-host does. Lance Williams out in California. He's got a daughter that plays soccer. What's up, Lance? What's happening, Jeff? Uh, What's that design on your shirt? Is that a peace sign? This was a uh, pirate stand, Pittsburgh pirate stand for cancer. It's a ribbon with a baseball bat. That's like a a pirate's initiative. I know I don't have an interesting lid today, but I don't know if you guys could see it. It's a uh, Steagles. Mm. I have a Steagles shirt on, which is, uh, you know, when the, during World War II, I believe, when the Philadelphia Eagles and the Steelers combined to become the Steagles. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then when the war ended, teams went back to their normal ways. So um, I highlighted this show, or I, I guess I should say I – use the title of the show and we're going to talk about that if you caught it in youtube whatever but before we get into the the meat of this episode i want to get our opinions because if you didn't know the last two episodes we went back and we predicted the offensive depth chart the defensive depth chart and i wasn't about to do an entire episode on the specialists but for the first time in a long time i feel that it's actually worth discussing so we had three spots left on our 53-man roster. Do you think that will be Cameron Candidate at long snapper, Jordan Berry at punter, and Chris Boswell as place kicker when the dust settles in 2019? I think of those positions, I think, of course, given the way the Steelers handled Boswell's contract situation, I think the competition clearly is at the place-kicking position. It's hard to say what it'll be if it'll be you know, whoever's in the competition. But I think the question is, and riddle me this, Jeff, will it be either of those guys? What do you mean? Will it be a, a, a guy at the end of training camp that they pick up off the street where neither one of those guys will perform good enough to actually have the position and they have to go actually go get somebody? That's another good point. And because Matthew Wright is the kicker that's going to be challenging Boswell. I want to say it's Ian Berryman, maybe, is the punter they brought in to challenge uh, Jordan Berry. So it, it, it happens every year where you have these competitions and a veteran gets released. But so or, but let me add, I'm, I think that the Steelers are going to go into 2019, although I hate to say it, with the status quo. I think it's going to be Berry, Boswell, and Canada as your three specialists. Do you see them going out and getting someone else, or do you see it being the same as it ever was? I I, I tend to agree with you. I think it'll be the same that it ever was, but I think if if there is a change that's going to be made, they'll go to the waiver wire. They won't go to a a rookie kicker. They won't won't go that route. I think they'll go with an established veteran 
who's made some clutch kicks at some point in their career and bring that individual in. I think going with an inexperienced kicker, place kicker, after the woes that they had last year, I don't think they're in the mood for that. I think that's queasy on the stomach. So I think they'll go and get a vet. Yeah, you know, someone like uh... – I'm trying to think if there's a, a player I can think of, a kicker that I can think of that would possibly fit that criteria. Um, but we have we the Steelers have had some disasters picking up kickers, though. I mean, you might as well get my daughter if they're going to get a rookie. I mean, she's <laughs> you know she's a soccer style kicker. Uh, you know, she doesn't really care about pressure that much. She doesn't like football, so going out and just kicking field goals, she'd be like, "Hey, let's just do it. Let's try it." Well, Boswell was a rookie kicker when they picked him up. Yes, he was. I mean, you see where they're at now, though. Well, yeah. I guess it depends on if you're just looking for a stopgap. Like, you're like, hey, we're looking for a guy that's going to be reliable this year. One-year deal. That's it. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But I just have a feeling, I've said this on other shows, I've said it on this show, too, the Steelers don't like to admit fault. They don't like to admit they were wrong. And they would have to do that and bite that bullet with, with especially Boswell's contract. Jordan Berry, in my opinion, is expendable. I've said that on multiple shows. And <laughs> he's, multiple your, times. He, he's your guy. You know, he's your guy. Don't be hard on him. He He's your guy. <laughs> he's, he's something. That's for sure. So, um, okay. Enough specialist talk. We'll see how that goes. Um, what I wanted to talk about today and I'll tell you where this started and where this stemmed from for those listening or watching on YouTube. I was reading a Steelers.com piece on Steven Nelson. And one of the reasons why he chose the Pittsburgh Steelers to go and be a part of was he said the physicality of the defense. And I thought to myself for a second, you know, everyone thinks when they think of Steelers, they think of steel curtain. They think of defense. They think of hard hitting. They think of, a raucous environment, a team that has their fans travel well, all of that stuff. But I kept on asking myself as I'm reading this, is it really like that anymore? Are the Steelers still a team that when they an, an opposition looks at their schedule and sees that, oh my gosh, we've got the Steelers in week four, that's going to be a tough one? Or is it going to be a, man, the Steelers aren't what they used to be. Lance, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, how are other teams, in your opinion, viewing the Steelers? Well, when you give up 22 and a half points a game, I think they're viewing the Steelers as mm, a tasty dish, a tasty morsel, you know, food that they can get after. I mean, I just don't think the NFL in and of itself is a very physical league. Or it's, I'll take that back. It's a very physical league, but it's, it's not like it was. You know, the NFL, I think, has done, um, I don't know, a great job. I don't know if great is the adjective, but I know they have had a concerted effort in trying to remove some of the physicality out of the game. Um, you see the moves on special teams, uh, the targeting of a receiver, um, hitting quarterbacks. I mean, they really go out of their way to defend offensive players. So maybe given that he's a defensive player, you know, maybe he has that perspective because defensive players typically aren't protected. You know, you can really, you can kill guys' knees even when you're engaged in a block as a defensive lineman, so on and so forth. There's a lot of examples of that. So I just don't think the league 
in and of itself is physical. And I don't think this defense is really physical. It gets sacks. But when you give up almost 23 points a game, I don't, I don't know if that's physical. I, I think the Chicago Bears were physical. But I don't know if the, the calling card of the Steelers is physicality. I mean, 22.5 points a game in 2018, 19.3, decent year in 2017, 20.4, 19.9, and another 23 points per game. So I, I don't know if that's physicality, I mean, ripping your head off. I mean, we watch this team. I don't think we come away with thinking, like, this is a super hard-hitting group that teams fear. I think we think, like, this is a group that teams try to really attack because there's some holes. Specifically, there's been some holes in the secondary, and teams really try to get after the Steelers. Okay, well, let's backtrack a little bit before we talk about the Steelers' defense specifically, and I want to ask you a simple question. Can you tell me a defense last season, and you, you mentioned one, I'm not sure I agree with you, though, that you would say struck fear in an opponent's, in opponent's period. So they did. I agree 100%. The NFL has taken those Ryan Clark on Willis McGahee hits out of the game. Players aren't really scared to go over the middle anymore. That Ryan Clark on Wes Welker hit up in New England. Um, is there a team in the NFL right now, a defense that you would say, this defense does it still? No, I, I, I really don't think so. I mean, I think... I mean, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't go out and think like this defense is. No, I, I, I really don't think so. I mean, we saw scoring. I mean, we saw epic scoring last year in the NFL. I, I think you know defenses are still, you know, trying to catch up with having to literally, as Mike Tomlin says, defend every blade of grass. And I think we've seen defenses struggle to a certain standpoint. I mean, look at Kansas City's offense. I mean, just look at that. I mean, we, we've seen some ridiculous things um, in the NFL. I mean, would you ever think that a first-year starter would throw for 50 touchdowns in the National Football League nope. and win MVP? Nope. I mean, first-year starter. I mean, so, no, I, I don't think there's a defense that, ap that strikes absolute fear in any offense. I think offenses feel if they can pass, protect consistently – they can get after anybody. Okay, so let's also go, what was the last defense you think that did strike fear? I'm thinking the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Agree or disagree, or do you, can you think of a, one more recent than that? No, I would think the Legion of Boom. Okay. And maybe some of those, you know, Ray Lewis-led Raven defenses um, that were still pretty good. You know, if some going, of those If you're going back there, you're going back to when the Steelers' defense was still feared. No, so I think you're right. I think in this, I hate to say, quote unquote, modern era, I think Legion of Boom is a solid answer. Uh, someone in the live chat brought up a and they sort of had the Jaguars defense, not this past year, but the year before that. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. That that Jags defense was really good. Calais Campbell was really good up front. They're really good on the edges in terms of their corners uh, with Ramsey and Bouye, and they had the outstanding uh, Miles Jack. And they had those great linebackers. So, yes, that 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 was a physical defense, I think, that did strike some fear as much as you can in this current NFL. So you talk about the current NFL. My follow-up question is, if defenses aren't allowed to scare people anymore because of the rule changes that have taken place, do you think that offenses are now what are feared in the National Football League? 
you brought up the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You look at the Rams and the offense, what they did out in L.A. last year. Um, you, there's there's a long list of offenses that, that can really do some damage. Do you think that's the way that if we're talking fear and you look at a schedule and you're looking at, oh, boy, we got to deal with this, is that, quote, unquote, using air quotes for those listening, is that now offensive prowess and firepower where it used to be defense? I think you're right. I think it's definitely offense. I mean, that Monday night game, or I think it was a Monday night. I don't know if it was Sunday night, but that game, that KC St. Louis game, I mean, that was just, I mean, I've never seen anything. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I think you're right. I mean, teams fear offense. Let me just give you, this is the top 15 scoring offenses. You got KC, 35.3. Rams, 32.9. New Orleans, 31.5. New England, I'm going to round up 28. You got the Steelers, 27. Indy, 27. You got the Chargers, 27. Seattle, 27. Chicago, 27. Atlanta, 26. Houston, 25. Tampa Bay, 25. You even had Baltimore at 24.3. And you got Green Bay and Carolina at 24 points a game. I mean, that is a lot of teams scoring a lot of points. So I think you hit the nail on the head. I think offenses are what are feared. I mean, a team scoring 35.3 points per game, that's just insane. I mean, that's even insane if you play Madden. (laughs) So, okay, let's, let's finish this up with this question. The 2019 Pittsburgh Steelers offense, is that striking fear in anybody? Yes. You think so, even without even without Bell and Brown and all the other pieces? I think when you have a very good offensive line and you have a very good quarterback, that strikes fear in teams because it's still a passing offense that had over 5,000 yards. You, skill, you still have got two Pro Bowl skill players and if you can't get pressure in the National Football League, there aren't a ton of good corners in football. You're going to get got. I don't care who it is. Because, I mean, when the New York Giants can score 24 points a game, you're going to get got. So, yes, it is a scary offense still. Um, you know, having no A-B makes it less scary. But it's a scary offense when you got a guy that can sling that thing back there and you got guys that can protect them. I, I still think, you know, James Conner, I mean, he, I think he, he strikes as much fear as maybe Le'Veon Bell did when he was. I mean, Le, James Conner was tearing it up last year before he got hurt. Well, Jeff, I don't know, man. Maybe it's your disdain for Mr. Get My Robbery Took, or excuse me, my jewelry took. <laughs> See, that's so funny about robbery took. Mr. Mr. Uh Butt Naked Thieves. Um I love Connor. I think he's a solid guy, the Terminator. But I, I he's not Lev Bell yet. Uh no, I'm not Lev- comparing him to Lev Bell. I'm just saying that in terms of like you said, striking fear. I mean, man, he ran the ball hard and he's a di- he was a different type of back than what we saw with Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if fear would be the adjective, but he does. You have to pay attention to him for sure. Connor I don't in think, that line in that offensive yes. line you brought and up. I don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think people. Th- I don't think teams thought he was a game changer. 
to the extent of Lev Bell. Uh, but I, I think they definitely was a guy like, you know, look, if we don't, we don't pay attention to this guy. He can wreck our game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. All right. That was a good discussion. Let's uh, let's go to something now. I wrote this in my an article today. And you know, a lot of people were talking about Hall of Fame. Tony Dungy just went out publicly and he wants Donnie Shell in the Hall of Fame. He had Donnie Shell introduce him into the Hall of Fame when he was inducted last season. Um, he feels that he's deserving, and a lot of Steeler fans agree with that. I never saw Donnie Shell play. Uh, I've looked at his statistics. I've seen highlights, um, especially the hit where he knocked Earl Campbell out of the game down in Houston. Um, the guy has the. A lot of people say he has the credentials. Well, here's the question, Lance. What yeah. are the credentials? And I know it depends varying on position, but what are the credentials to get into the Hall of Fame? And, you know, I, I, I gave a couple examples in my article. I, I read Terry Bradshaw's statistics, and I said, let's do a hypothetical. Let's say Terry Bradshaw never won a Super Bowl. Would he be in the Hall of Fame? No. I agree. Let's fast forward now to 2005. Let's say Jerome Bettis fumbles the ball in, in the AFC Divisional game against an Indy. Nick Harper runs it all the way back. Ben doesn't make the tackle. The Steelers don't win Super Bowl 40. Bettis doesn't have a ring. Does he get in the Super Bowl? Yes. I disagree. I don't think he does. Um, if you look at the games played and all that stuff. So he here's my question. What exactly, in your opinion, are Hall of Fame credentials what do they need? Because Dan Marino and Barry Sanders, who never won any any Super Bowl, no one knew there was no doubt they were getting in because they were that special. But what my question for you is: What are credentials to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I, I think it's tough. I think for for one, if if your team isn't successful when you're playing, you have to be dominant at the position to where. Let's say if they give an all-decade team, um, you're you're a person that's on that all-decade team. Or, or, or if you aren't on that all-decade team, there's an argument, let's say, back and forth whether you should be on that team or not. So let's say, um, you know, say the debate between, and, and I'm, for, I'm forgetting the safety's name, not Troy Palomalo's name, but... but um, Ed Reed. So let's just say Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu, right? One of those guys would probably be on the all-decade, probably the 2000s all-decade from 2000-2010 safety. It'd be one of those guys, right? And it would be an argument as to whether it should be Troy or Ed or blah, blah, blah. So you have to be a dominant player at the position, right? If your team doesn't win. If your team wins and you're an integral part of that success, like the Steelers Steel Curtain team, and you're a dominant player on that team, you know, and just looking at Donnie, you know, Donnie Shell's career highlights, five five Pro Bowls, uh, three AP first team all pros, 
um, AP second team all pro, four time Super Bowl champion. I mean, so if, if you're if you have those type of credentials, you probably should get in. But I think first and foremost, you have to be a dominant player at the position. Then you get all those other things, the icing on the cake, the sprinkles, all that stuff is if you're well liked by the media. That's what sucks. If you have the right people pushing for your induction, if you're good in front of the media, um, and unfortunately, I think for Donnie Shell, I think what he suffers from is a black and gold backlash in terms of putting players in the Hall of Fame. I, I think the Hall of Fame, I don't know, for some reason, it feels like the Hall is reticent to put in guys uh, for the Steelers unless you were absolutely dominant at the position. Um, I think Buss was a really good big back in his era. I think he was probably the best big back in his era. But like a Troy or a Woodson, like those guys are going to get in because they're just absolute freaks of nature, you know, no-brainer type guys. But I, but I think, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, because it's all these other things that aren't stuff that you can measure. And I think it's also tough because it's the safety position. I'm going to guess that there's probably fewer than 10 safeties in the hall. Um, I know Dave Schofield probably knows that number off the top of his head, but I'm going to guess it's less than 10, 10 guys at the safety position in the hall. So it's hard to pinpoint what it is, but I know first and foremost, for me, you need to be a dominant player. Okay. Let's talk about some players then. So Alan Fanica has been a finalist now for, I think the last three years, hall of famer. Yes or no. Absolutely. Okay. Dirt, dirt, uh, absolutely. All right. I think we all agree Elsie Greenwood should be in. Yes. Yes. That's some of that Steeler backlash. I, I think that they don't want to put in the entire 70s roster. <laughs> let, me give you, let me give you an example. When I talked about the all-decade stuff. Okay, so Alan Fanica was 2000's all-decade team, right? Yep. He made nine Pro Bowls from 2001 to 2009. That is Hall of Fame. Okay. I mean, that, that's Hall of Fame. And he's a Super Bowl champion. That's Hall of Fame. Like, you have to get in with those credentials. And he was a six-time All-Pro from 2001 to 2007. He won 2001, 2002, 04 to 07, and was second team 03, all eight. Or in 08. So he was first or second team eight times from 2000 to 2010. I mean, you have to get in with those credentials because if you don't get in with those credentials, who can get in? Okay. I agree with you 100%. You know, so that's the type of credentials you look for for players to get in. Like Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak has similar credentials to Alan Fanica, but does not have a Super Bowl championship, was an all-decade guy. If you were to take Alan Fanica's uh, accolades from that era and put them up on a wall, you could put Mike Munchak's face right next to them. And that's why Mike Munchak is in the Hall of Fame. So, Yep. Here's a tough one for me. If I take my black and gold glasses off, this is a tough one for me. Heinz Ward. That is a tough one, but I got I, I got black and gold glasses. <laughs> on, baby, so I'm trying uh, to think of yourself as just a voter. You're a writer. You're looking at stats. You're looking at 
total body of work. And, you know, is he a Hall of Fame? Pitt Steeler fans are going to say yes right off the bat, no matter what, because that's their guy. He was their guy. He played it the, played the game the right way, or as we dubbed the right way. Yes or no, is Heinz Ward deserving of a Hall of Fame bid? He was a Super Bowl MVP, 1-2. Absolutely, he's a Hall of Famer. 1-2 Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time second-team All-Pro. And more than, more than anything, he made the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team. When you make the Steelers all-time team and you look at some of the guys that have come through those halls, you got to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, you have to be a Hall of Famer, and he has a 1,000 receptions. Yep, exactly a 1,000, I believe, right? Exactly a 1,000. Yes, he got exactly a 1,000, and they were pumping him to football in that game. I think his last game, regular yep. season game, I think was against the Cleveland Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know Dave knows that. I could be wrong. Uh, and likely am wrong. Um, so, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Okay. Coward's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with that, probably. Um, he's had a lot of success. And he won a Super Bowl. He went to two. Would Mike Tomlin be a Hall of Fame coach if he were to retire tomorrow? I don't know. Their credentials uh, are pretty much the same. Then yes. Then yes. 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 Okay. All if right. He, no, this is a good conversation. Tomlin would be a Hall of Fame coach if he would just win two challenges in the season. <laughs> how, how, um, how many times would he say obviously in his acceptance speech? Obviously, he would say it a lot. <laughs> I would put the over-under pretty high on that one. So. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of predictions, and you brought up Tomlin, which is interesting. I, we did this last week, and so I said, I'll bring it back this week, and we'll ask a couple questions with the predictions. We're doing our 30 predictions in 30 days. One that I did was that Mike Tomlin will have three successful challenges in 2019. Now, remember, they brought in Terrell Austin. He's supposed to help with that, and pass interference is now a reviewable play. So... Do you think that's true, that Tomlin will have three successful coaches' challenges, or is that false? I think it's true that he will have three, but he won't get the credit for it. it the credit will go to Terrell Austin and the fact that he was brought in as a guy to help Tomlin with the challenges, and that's why they got them right. I agree with you there. I think he'll get some more right this year. I think it's going to help. Um, what I did yesterday uh, – do you see Benny Snell Jr. and not Jalen Samuels being the number two rusher on the Steelers in 2019 behind James Conner? No, I don't. And the reason why I, I, I think they're going to pass the ball a lot more this year. I, yeah. I, I, I'm in disagreement of those people who think they're going to run it more. I, I, I think they're going to pass it more. Um, and, and but I think they're going to pass it differently. I think you're going to see a lot of short to intermediate stuff, and I think James Conner is going to catch more balls, and I think you're going to see more of that underneath type stuff. Um, so I think they're going to pass it a little bit more, which will take some of the opportunities away from Snell Jr. And I think Samuel's performance against the Patriots has him solidly as the number two running back on this team. And he played pretty well. I just watched the game the other day, played pretty well against the Saints as well. 
I, I think he's entrenched as the number two, and I think Snell won't get a lot of opportunities uh, okay. to tote that thing. And the last one, we'll do three of these today, and I, I wrote this one. I, I just have to ask your opinion. Will the Pittsburgh Steelers outside linebacker Bud Dupree have a career record of nine sacks in 2019? His highest, I believe, is six in a season. Who? Bud the Dud. Who? You know. No, no. It won't Not be even Bud. nine? I didn't say double digits. I just said nine. Oh, no, I don't think he'll get to nine. I'm going to say eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of those half sacks will get credited to somebody else. It'll be eight and a half. It'll be, be it'll be seven and a half or eight. Uh, but you know the one thing as I've watched Dud, excuse me, Bud, uh, he doesn't finish. He's I, getting he, close. He's getting you know close. What? Like, yeah, he's yeah. one of those like, I'm, but but I think there is a value in that because. Sacks are great, right? You want sacks, right? Sacks are great. But pressures and hurries are great as well. And I, I wish I could, you know, I'll do some research. I know Dave probably has the numbers, and I've said Dave three times because Dave is the Oracle, Dave Schofield. And I, I'm wondering where he ranks in terms of pressures and hurries because you see him get close a lot. You see him force guys to step into the pressure and Hargrave will get the sack or, or, or Hayward will get the sack. He's generating some pressure. And I go back to the Saints game. I mean, they were cooking. Him and Watt were cooking off the edge in that game. Um, so, you know, he just might be one of those guys that just finds it difficult finishing. But if he could finish a little bit better, you know, maybe he get, does get that career year. But let me – you said the career – you said nine sacks, correct? Yeah, I think his career high is six. If he got nine, how many sacks would Watt have? Well, I'm basing that prediction off of Watt continuing his upward rise, and he finished with, what, 12, 12 and a half or 12 last year? You, th you think Watt can get to, I believe, what was James Harrison's record? Was it 16? 16 and a half? You think he can get to that number? You think Watt could get that high? I don't think this year. I would put him around 12, 13. And in which case, in which case, you think it's enough pressure on him where they're going to slide coverage to Watt's side, leave, right. leave Bud with more one-on-one -on -one opportunities, and the fact that they also have some inside linebackers that should be able to cover better, they wouldn't have to drop him into coverage as much. You know, I think the key to outside linebacker sack stats is you have to tear up tight ends when they block you with tight ends. I mean, you have to you have to kill tight ends if they block you with a tight end or a back. You've got to take that as a sign of disrespect. You got to kill the quarterback. Yep. I mean, you got to take. You got to really take advantage of those opportunities. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. So, okay, let's do a few questions here. Put it in the live chat on YouTube. Uh, our girl Felicia is already in there doing her thing. Um, and so we have some questions. We'll do some rapid fire questions and we'll call it a show. 
And so first with Felicia, she puts $10 in the tip jar. Hey, Felicia. <laughs> she said, okay, I've got my game ticket and flight paid for. She's going to the Mecca that is Heinz Field this year. She wow. Said, is it wow, best? that's hardcore. She said, is it best to book downtown for a hotel or not? Thanks in advance. You guys are the best. Lance, what are your thoughts on her hotel accommodations? I would book on the river, along the river by uh, Bettis' restaurant. That's nice. There's a, um, I stayed at a hotel down there. I think it's uh, what is those? one of those fancy kind of upgraded uh, Marriott, uh, I think, down there. So I would go down by the river. It's a nice view of the river. Um, you got nice restaurants down there. You can come out your hotel, take a walk, uh, go to Bettis' restaurant. I, I, I would go over there. I yeah. would go over there instead of downtown. I'd, I'd go over there for sure along the river. Yeah, down by the casino, there's some new places as well. You could walk to the game. don't have to worry about parking, all that stuff. Um, and if you're on the live chat, you noticed uh, that Felicia's question was put in nice, bright gold. That's because she used the Super Chat feature. You can use that if you just type your question at the bottom. There's a little money sign on the right. You can donate any amount of money to the show. It'll highlight your question, and we will guarantee to answer it. So if you want to use that, you can. Um, Keystone asks, will the running game have more touchdowns this year than wide receivers? It better not. <laughs> <laughs> it better not. If if that's the case, uh, they're in trouble. Um, if, if, if that's the case, I mean, you want Ben – I mean, I want Ben Roethlisberger throwing for close to 30 touchdowns. Uh, you know, I, I think – if you want to average what I think you need to average, you know, that 27 points per game, then, you, you know, they're going to have to get a bulk of it in the passing game. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, you got to score through the air right now. Um, but a good, successful red zone offense runs the ball in the red zone. Yes, it does. So absolutely if you does. have running, if they if that takes away from some of Ben's touchdowns, I'm fine with that. Because if it's when you become pass happy in the red zone where you, you the field gets so short, that can be a problem. Um, go well, the hotel I stayed at was the Hyatt Place, Pittsburgh North Shore. That that's where I stayed. There you go. Nice little hotel there. Um, based on uh, behind the steel curtains, England report, and he's referring to the fact that our Simon Chester was at the NFL Academy where Juju was recently. Uh, over in England at the new uh, stadium that was built there. And um, he said, do you believe that Christian Scotland Williamson, who's the Englishman, former rugby player, who has that one spot on the practice squad allotted for him, do you think he has any chance of making the team as a tight end? Dash? No, I don't think. I don't think it's he's he. Well, he does have a dash in his name, so I guess he could be. <laughs> Uh no, N no. It's okay. a good story, but no. This guy, yeah, I mean, I agree with you based on the fact that he's never played American football up until last year. It's just you're you have to be a freak athlete to be able to just step on an NFL field and play. Um, only very few athletes could do that. I'm not sure he's one of those. So uh, Felicia gives us another five bucks. Says Lance, you're the best. She loves herself some Lance and Dave, that's for sure. Which, by the way, Lance doesn't even know this. Next week, I'm going to be on vacation. I'm not doing podcasts next week, but we right. are doing. But we are doing podcasts. 
Okay. And Lance and Dave, this would be Felicia's uh, dream show. <laughs> okay. Now that I know that me and Dave are doing a show. Next week, yeah. That'll be it for you guys. The standard is the standard. We'll be back. I will not be there. I'll still be contributing to the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I still have to do my job. But I'm taking the uh, taking the week off of vacation. Well, since, we're, well, since we're divulging vacation plans, you I'll have one coming up. Yes, yes, I will. From the 17th to the 23rd. Of July? Yes, yes. Okay. I will be That's in the short, warm. It's a short be in, the, be in the Bahamas. I'll be... All right, in those warm waters. So I'm gone from the 13th to the 20th. That whole week, all those shows I normally do are going to be subbed in by somebody else. So the standard next week will be Lance and Dave. I think Dave's doing the burning question, and it'll be Dave, Brian, and I believe they might get Tony to jump in on the Steelers preview Thursday. But everything else will be status quo. The Steelers hangover, Lance's. Yeah, I said it will still be status quo and then i will be coming back right before the players hit training camp and then we actually have some stuff to talk about yes yes we do oh although this show was fun today yeah the hall of fame stuff is difficult i'm glad i'm not a voter that's what i wrote in my article i said it makes you realize that i have that has to be such a tough job to be able to split hairs you're really splitting hairs with some really it's, just, it's just yeah it does i mean a lot of it is feel and perception I mean, some, but but Fanica is one of those guys that, you know, maybe he came up in some bad years. I'm not sure who got in those years, uh, but Fanica should be in. I mean, his his credentials are rock solid. And Dave Schofield says that he he, he can find that he didn't do like a really in depth look yet. Ten safeties are in the Hall of Fame. Ten. That's what I said. That's, that was my prediction. Ten. Yeah, yeah, I said ten. I said ten or fewer, which means there aren't many. I mean, it is a, it is an underappreciated position. So, but Troy, he's going to be up this season, I think, isn't he? Yes, that'll be number eleven. If he's not a, if he's not a first ballot, I think Steeler fans will probably raid Canton and burn the place to the ground. Yes, and, and to Troy's point, not that Troy wasn't an outstanding. Well, Every got in last year, right? Yes, yes he was first ballot. Yes, yes. Not, not you know not not to take away anything from, from Troy, but to the media aspect of Troy, the hair, the, you know, the, the commercials with the shampoo. I mean, all that, like all that helps your profile. I mean, cause to me, the ultimate hall of fame measure is, is if I don't have to think about it, when you, when, when you say your name, I should say, Oh yeah, he's in. Like if I have to pause, then, like, wait a minute. Now, now your candidacy is in question. I want to go. Oh yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's the first test. That's the first litmus to me. Is like, uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Okay. And Dave also says the Heinz Ward's last catch was against the Browns. He did not have a reception in the playoff loss to the Broncos in his final game in the National Football League. Look at me, bright and early and bushy tailed. Look at that, man. I got the 10. I got the Browns. Look at that. So, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, Felicia has donated some more money. She's Lance, you're the best. Dave S., you rock. I miss you. Hope your vacation was great. Another five bucks. 
And her birthday is July 19th. So we'll have to wish Felicia a happy birthday on July 19th. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is OBX, though? Ask Dave, what is OBX? What is that? OBX, it's the Outer Banks. Oh, okay. The Outer Banks. Okay. North Learn Carolina. Something. Okay. Learn something. That's where I will be headed. In oh, August. okay. I have some cousins in, uh, in the OBX right now. And I was wondering, like, where is Oxen? <laughs> Where's Oxen? So the, was... the Outer Banks is a long stretch. Like the, the people say, oh yeah, I've been to the Outer Banks. So maybe you could go all the way south, Emerald Island, all those places down south past Manio, and you're driving another 45 minutes south, or you could go all the way up to Kerala where there's only four-wheel drive beaches and there's no roads. So it's it's a it's a crazy place, a lot of fun. Okay, well you're gonna do hunt, fish, try to hide from your family and sleep. No, my, I mean, when I go on vacation, here's my life. I wake up early, I go work out, and then the rest of the day is at the beach. Okay. Because we, right, normally, normally my, my dad and I go golfing, but there's not much uh, golf in the Outer Banks. So we just say, not going to golf this trip. We're just going to spend it at the beach with the kids, chase them around, have some fun, and that's it. All right. Eat a lot of food. Me, good food. You know me. It's not gonna. Happen. You're gonna eat good food. Yes, that's very, very good food. <laughs> so, Which, I mean, you got a lot of grilled vegetables. We will all be that stuff. Grill. I mean, yeah. I mean, grill and eat some. You know, grass fed. You know, yeah. man. You know, yeah, exactly. you know how we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any kombucha out there? Any kombucha? Yeah, we'll out take there? it with us. We'll take okay. it. With us. <laughs> Uh, yes. All right. So before we turn this into a fitness podcast, we'll cut it short. <laughs> Lance, why don't you send us off for the show? Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Absolutely. Make sure you check out next week, Lance and Dave on the standard is the standard. We'll see you.